Welcome to episode 45 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting, brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 Podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. We are on episode 45 of our motion picture television show radio broadcast. <laughs> and it's very exciting to me. 45. 45. That's a lot. I know. That's it's a crazy. lot. It's crazy. Are we done yet? No, 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 right. no. There's plenty more to go around. Hey, let me ask you this. Are we going to do something big for number 50? Oh, yeah. We are going to do something huge. It's in the works, but uh, yeah. and we will share it soon. We're very excited about it. Okay. I'm All right. Just saying, I'm just saying it might be very exciting and I fun. mean, listeners, if there's anything specific that you want included in the 50th episode celebration, exactly. uh, guest appearances, musical numbers, uh, <laughs> more of my accents, exactly. uh, just uh, chime in and let us know. Um, Gabe, I wonder if the number 45 has any I special... Think, I th- I think we're in 1977, my friend. I'm not sure if you're oh. interested to know what happened in 1977 in the camera world. You know, The Clash said in 1977, I hope I go to heaven. No Elvis Beatles or the Rolling Stones in 1977. <laughs> there you go. There All you right. have it. Uh, any insights into I, that particular this is, year? This is Well, I'm glad you asked about 1977, <laughs> 45 years ago. You ready? Yes. This is a good one. Yes. Two things important. The Nikon okay. FM. Oh, I know, that's right? Huge. huge. And the Konica C35AF. <gasps> Amazing. Isn't that okay, interesting? So let's, let's talk about those two cameras for yeah. a minute. So, yeah. was the FM the first of the compact Nikon 35mm SLRs? I believe it was. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of them. Yeah. Predates the FE, if I'm not mistaken. It was the replacement for the Nikomat FT3. Exactly, which yeah. was not a compact in the same no, way. No, no. And then your Konica C35AF, I believe, is one of the first compact autofocus From them. Cameras? It was the autofocus version of the Konica C35. Which I love. Right. Yes. And it featured that Hexanon 38mm f2.8 autofocus Very lens. Very nice. Built-in electronic flash, automatic exposure systems, yes. like the appropriate shutter speed. Film advance was mechanical. Oh, these okay. are all good things, you know. You know, I don't hear people talk about that camera the way they talk never. about the Nikon L thirty five AF. Never, I've never Serious. used it. I do like the Konica C thirty five, though. I had four of them, and I now have zero. Oh my goodness! Uh, so, but uh, that's a good camera and a good lens, guys. Anybody out there in listener land using the C thirty five AF? Let's hear from you. I always wondered uh, about that lens. Seriously, I always yeah. wondered how good that lens was. Yeah, yeah, Very interesting. Exciting. How about that? That is a really good one. Yeah. A year of innovation oh, in yes. photography, it sounds like. Oh, yes. That's what we're about here. Any other significant events? No, those are my that favorites. Calendar year? I really, I really <laughs> pulled favorites here. I really pulled favorites. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to dip into the mailbag in a moment. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of news items to cover. And then in the back half of today's show... We're going to turn the tables, baby, because <laughs> as you remember, many, many episodes ago, Marie Nikondo appeared on the scene to help you tidy up your camera collection. Yes, she and did. she was ruthless. She was ruthless. She really was. Now, I feel like I might have to explain to people who maybe weren't with us <laughs> yes. that this is a pun on Marie Kondo and the camera brand Nikon. Wait, could you Do explain that? Do I need to explain that, that to people? Can you explain it one more time? Because explaining jokes, as we know, makes them much funnier. Yes. This will be Marie, very funny. Yes. Nikondo. Yes. Get it? Okay. Moving on from that. So in the back half of today's show, we are going to run down a lot of my camera collection, which I am talking about divesting myself of. And Gabe is going to help me and interrogate me and see if he can give me some clarity about what to unload and, more importantly, how to unload it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is going to be fun. stay tuned. For that. It's really my but revenge first, show. It's my revenge show. Oh, it really show. is. It's it really the revenge is. of Marie yeah. Nikondo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But first, we're going to take a dip into our manageable <laughs> mailbag. Gang, a few of our regular correspondents checked in, but I think I did not say enough idiotic things to fill up the mailbag, which is <laughs> fine, baby, which is fine. 
fine. So let's <laughs> dig in. First one, a short message from Alan Perez, drawing our attention to this New York Times article where an expedition found cameras left behind by Yukon mountaineers in 1937. Did you see this article, Gabe? I did not, and that's the coolest thing ever. It's pretty cool. Let me tell you some of the cameras they found. They found a Fairchild F8, mm-hmm. a DeVry lunchbox camera model, and a Bell & Howell IMO 71. Of those, the IMO is the only one I've ever heard of. And the only reason I know about the IMO is Stanley Kubrick shot yes, with that movie yes, camera. Yes. Very interesting. Anyway, the article is on the New York Times website. Alan, thank you for sending that along. Next up, Nico Ghirlando. Nico Ghirlando, Italiano. Nico Ghirlando, checking in about the Nikon EM. Now, as you may recall, Gabe, we talked briefly about the Nikon EM in our last episode, their women's camera. Right. I hope everyone went and checked. It is still on the Nikon website that they called this their camera for women. Jeff and Gabe, the EM is the only Nikon I have ever got rid of. It felt like a camera that came out of a Nikon Christmas cracker. (laughs) My God, the mirror slap made the whole camera shake like a cheek soap opera set when the door shuts. Nico, it really is very plasticky. Not a great camera. (laughs) On we go. Thank you for checking in on that, Nico. Robert Coates writes, subject line, the formally perfect Rolly 35. Oh. Now, I just want to stop and say, after we did the last episode, I finished up a roll of film on my Rolly 35, and I posted a couple of shots on our I Dream of Cameras Instagram. Gabe, I noticed that you commented on those shots about my extraordinary facility with a scale-focused camera. Are you still full of rage and resentment? <laughs> no, why would I be upset about that? <laughs> um, of course I am. It's like I look at yeah. that these cameras that you're able to get such sharp pictures out of and I'm just either confused or I have a broken camera but of course it's that I'm confused and I'm not doing it right are there any scale focused cameras in your arsenal yes and do you use them no the the, (laughs) um the ax4 Oh, okay. I don't know what that is. No, no, not the AX4. What's the one that you love that you always use? The the little one. That oh, the XA4. Olympus, XA4. Yeah, XA4. the Olympus XA4. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have that. All right. Well, anyway, I once again reconnected with the Rolly 35, which I do love. And here is so what Robert good. Coates had to say about it. Hi, Jeff and Gab. <laughs> I'll take it. You can call me anything you want. Here's what he said. I have to confirm that the Rolly 35 is easy to dent. I have a 35TE that used to be in perfect condition. Well, I went to put it in my pocket while helping my kid with something and missed. It no longer has perfect corners. Still love the camera, though. As far as other episode ideas, I'd love to hear about cameras from forgotten or obscure brands that you have owned or cameras from countries that aren't traditionally thought about for their camera making. Robert Coates. Now, that is a great idea, and it will be an upcoming episode. Yeah. This is an episode that I have taken to calling Minority Report, which is interesting cameras, not from the big established brands. We will do that down the line. And guys, if you have suggestions for cameras you would like us to talk about in this Minority Report episode, chime in, baby. Our email, idreamofcameras at gmail.com. Thanks for writing, Robert. <laughs> Bruce Horn says, hi, Jeff and Gabe. Hey, he... He has a different nickname for you. Nice. Subject line, what one thirty-five millimeter camera would you own? He says, the preamble, I will be going back to photography school next year. Oh, planning on selling the rest of my cameras and buying just one 35 millimeter SLR, one medium format SLR or TLR, and one large format camera. Currently down from a high of about 50 or 60 cameras to 19 mostly the lower-end cameras left in the collection. Planning on a manual-focused match-needle camera with a split-prism finder, preferably with mechanical shutter, looking for the lightest possible. But if image quality from the lenses is markedly better, could go a little heavier. Mostly will be used with a 50mm 1.4 for landscape and travel photography, some use with an 80-90 to for portraiture and lighting classes, and a little bit with a 24mm for landscape. These are a lot of parameters, Bruce. Mm. He says the question is... If you cut down to one 35 millimeter 
camera. Lightweight manual focus with split prism and match needle. Would you personally choose the Olympus OM-1, Pentax ME Super, or Nikon FE2? <gasps> wow. You know, here's what I have to say. I, I think yes. that I really have to go with the OM-1, and it's only because of its size, and it just fits so nicely in your hand. I think it's, I don't know, it, it feels just lighter to me. I think that would be my pick for the 135 millimeter. This is a really tough one for me. Yeah. Really tough, because you are talking about these are not three of a kind, right? Okay, right. The Emmy Super and the Nikon FE2 are both aperture priority automatic cameras, which have manual override, but that is not strictly speaking a match needle SLR, right? Neither right. of them, right? True, uh, they can be used in manual mode, but if we go by the strict letter of the law yes. of what you are laying out, I gotta agree. The OM1, the OM1, baby, yep. I mean. I also think, and I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with me on this, okay? I think those Zwicko lenses are perfect, peerless lenses. Now, those of you who love Pentax glass, and definitely those of you who love Nikon glass, are going to jump all over me. But if you're really talking about a match needle universe, those, ugh, go with the OM-1. Yeah. Go with the OM-1. Yeah. Plus, they're plentiful and cheap. So that's our pick. Look at that. We are both in accord. <laughs> when was the last time that happened? All right. On we go. Our next email <laughs> comes uh. from our favorite Clevelander, Martin McPherson. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even put much stink on it that no, time. No, you really would you didn't. Like you to, just, would you, you just... like me to go bigger? Should I go bigger? Um, Yeah, go bigger just for one, one moment one where he will go... I can't believe I'm hearing this again. Yes. One take. I mean, just so when we get into editing, we have choices. Sure, of course. Martin McPherson! There you go. Says, subject line, my same old soapbox. Here's what he says. Hiya, guys. Did you guys do the one-sentence mailbag to get out of reading my unhinged like a rant? Oh. <laughs> I even expanded it with a second email. Ha-ha, <laughs> you hit all my basic points in your discussion on so the sort of new M6. He says, this feels like an attempt by Leica to cash in on the used market with a new slash old camera. I could almost forgive them if the price weren't bonkers. I continue to believe that the only way to keep our beloved hobby going is available, affordable gear for right. new folks. Right. When the only new options are $5,900 Leicas or extremely cheap or questionable quality Lomo gear, there is a huge middle ground that needs to be covered. I could not agree with this more. I had hope hopes that Reflex could start filling that gap, but they got very ambitious. And then, of course, the pandemic. Exactly. I don't know the logistics, but could a full-frame mirrorless lens work with a rangefinder design? Very interesting question. Using current lenses and mounts would mean less new designing from scratch. Just spitballing here. What do you think of Martin's soapbox there? What do you think? I like it. And I think that, you know, look, we were... Well, I know I was excited just to see what it would be. This Leica M6, the new version. What was it going to, you know, I was excited. I want to see it, but it's really, really expensive. And especially for someone wanting to get into Leica, it's a little crazy. There's so many other ways with the M5, the M3, the M2. The CL. The CL. The CL. Yeah. There's people still, in all in. of the discourse that I have seen about the new M6, people don't even talk about the CL. Never. And the CL is, or the Minolta CLE, which is also pretty great. Right. If you're looking for M mount, I mean, I don't believe a CLE will cost you $5,900, and you get a aperture priority automatic M mount camera. You know what else is pretty good? The M7. M7 is pretty good. So M7s, they're really good, but for some reason they're very. They're also getting up there. They're getting more there. expensive mm. than the M6. Yeah, but I think his key point that there is a vast middle ground oh, that no one inhabits, you know, is is really well taken. He says, "I enjoy your camera maker series. May I suggest Kodak's?" quite varied camera history. Now, it's very interesting he's pitching this because I've thought about this. Yeah. I have owned a Kodak Metalist. I have a Kodak Bantam Special. I have some 
ancient folding Kodak over here that's like a brownie automatic number F. Right. It's one of those kind right. of weird yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. I am, oh my God, people are going to kill me for this. I, Kodak cameras don't excite me. <laughs> the what name, do you think? The, well, I think the name Kodak excites me. 100%. I don't, I don't know if they're cameras. I'm not always going, that's going to be the quality camera I'm going to jump to. Yeah. I mean, I had a Kodak 35 for a short time, which is one of the ugliest cameras ever made. Right. Uh, I know a lot of people love the Metalist. I had a Metalist 2, which was one of the most unwieldy cameras I've ever used. Right. And the Bantam Special, while beautiful, is an 828 camera. So we'll give it some thought. He goes on to say, I love the idea of I dream of cameras project assignments. I struggle mightily with self-assigning projects. And while I feel that a project would help me shoot more and better, I'm terrible at figuring out what to do. I How would it work? love that. An Instagram hashtag, old school Flickr group, random mailing of prints. We're going to get on this. This I seems like something that that's exciting yep. to people. Me too. Yep. Finally, he says, since I'm not in Scotland, <laughs> when are you going to come visit the land? This is what Clevelanders like to call their homeland. Yes. Northeast Ohio may not have much on the highlands of bunny old Scotland, but it's a very underrated place to be. Check it out sometime. Insert praise here. Martin McPherson. Oh, have you ever been to Cleveland? I have been to Cleveland. Same. There's I some, went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And there's also, I, I did too, but there's also some really good food there. I'm just saying. What did you have there that was good? I have to think of the restaurant. It's going to kill me, but there's some really good chefs there. And, okay. Um, I think Michael Simon, who's a brilliant okay. chef, is from there. But it was delicious food. I mean, I just remember, wow. remember coming back. Yeah. Don't think of it as a food town, oh, yeah. but that's good to know. Okay. Well, thank you for the invitation, Martin. That's what your name sounds like when I say it normal. On we go. <laughs> Jonathan Moore writes, help me find a camera for a budding photographer. Oh, do I love this. Hi, guys. I'm a film shooting dad from Sydney, Australia, not one of my accents, and I need some advice. My daughter is seven and tells me she wants to learn how to use a real camera. I bought a waterproof digital point and shoot for her to use a couple of years ago, which she really enjoys, but I think it's time for an upgrade. I mostly use range finders, but I'm not sure this is a good choice for a beginner. I was considering a film point and shoot or maybe a small SLR like the OM-1 or maybe something with aperture priority. What would you recommend? Thanks for the awesome podcast. John, what do you think, man? I think I would probably do what I had, which I think was the ME. Which also, by oh. the way, came out in 1977, the MX and the Pentax ME. Pentax ME. Yeah. An SLR. Yeah. yeah. Seven years old. Do you think a seven-year-old wants to focus the lens? That's my only question about that. Well, I no, you're, that's a really good point. But he doesn't want to point and shoot. Here's my thinking. I think with a young photographer or really anyone who's getting into the hobby for the first time of any age. Mm -hmm. I think the key is that they get positive reinforcement from good results early. I'm with you. So I would say an autofocus point and shoot with flash. Great idea. Whether it's a stylus or a Nikon L35AF or uh, Canon SureShot Owl date, like the one I just bought. Right. Canon SureShot Owl was $19 or something. Right. Because that way, your daughter starts shooting, and when she gets the film back from the lab, most of them are going to look really good. Yeah. And, and she'll that's going to get her about excited yep. about yep. shooting. Smart. Yeah, And then you can move up. If this takes hold, you move up to something with manual override. Right. But I think it's so easy, particularly for like a seven-year-old, to get overwhelmed really fast and not get good results and get discouraged and say, I'm just going to go back to using my phone. But so for, but for fun, I would say a speed graphic just to watch. Absolutely. A speed graphic, an aerial camera, something that is real. Yes, exactly. A medalist too. Right. Get her so a medalist she never too. talks to you again. Yes. Exactly. All right. Stephen Milheim. I'm very excited about this. This is a new emailer, and he wrote about a camera that I know quite well. Jeff and Gabe. Okay, subject line, hearty half cookie. He says, after your podcast, P 
piqued my interest in half-frame cameras, I recently acquired my first half-frame camera, the Mercury 2. Produced in 1945 by Universal Camera Corporation, the design engineering of this hefty little beast attracted me. The top of the camera, reminiscent of a humpback whale, encloses the unique rotary shutter. He included a picture. He says, according to the owner's manual, camera was designed by the engineers at Universal Camera Corporation using the tremendous new skills gained from the Herculean effort of creating precision, standards, and tolerances needed to meet the fighting requirements of the Army and Navy in the Second World. World War. Then he goes on to talk about the advantages of a half-frame camera. He says, the back of the camera has the most complicated Sunny 16 calculator I've ever seen. I have seen this thing. He says, I removed two screws from the camera to expose the circular shutter. And after a few squirts of electronics cleaner, the shutter whirls like a pinwheel. And he included a soundbite of the shutter. He's now shooting his 72 photos. He says, one problem I've encountered here in the big sky country of Montana, the vistas are more suited to a six by nine negative from my 120 folding camera than a tiny portrait image from the half cookie. Now, if I can just find the right camera bag, since it won't fit in my pocket, Steve <laughs> Milheim, Kalispell, Montana, place I've always wanted to go. Gabe, do you know this camera? I really don't. I really do. Huh. Do you remember Studio City Camera? Oh, yes. Beautiful sign. I loved going oh. in there and hanging out there. I can go on and on. This was my neighborhood camera shop for many, many years when I was living in Studio City. Sadly, it is now a paper source. Yes. But I used to drop in there all the time, see what they had. I had my eye on a Leica 2 that they had there that I still wish I had bought. I bought a black body Canon FTB from them the day they closed. Wow. A couple of months before that, I saw one of these, a Univex Mercury 2 in the window, and I was like, gotta have it. <laughs> this is one of the worst cameras I've ever No. <laughs> I returned it. Wait, what did you hear? What what did you hear about this camera? Like I don't even know about it. Have you seen a photo of this thing? It's bananas, okay? <laughs> it's got this semicircular hump on the top, like he says, because it's got a rotary shutter in it, right. and the shutter is larger than the camera body. Oh, now, you no. know what else has a rotary shutter, which we're going to talk about in a minute? The Olympus Pen F. Ah, uh, yes. But Yoshihisa Matani is a genius, and the guy who designed this, mm, maybe not so much. I found the camera to be noisy, unpleasant to shoot with i just i gave it back i took it back and i returned it now mine had a rattly shutter i didn't trust it i think i ran a roll through it i didn't get good results so listen i might have just had a bad experience with one bad camera but i will tell you something else okay are you ready yes oh boy this camera is made of a big block of aluminum hmm. the finish is just not pretty you know how sometimes those aluminum cameras they like get kind of gray right. and dingy looking. Right. They don't hold a shine. I just never loved this thing. And I know that there are photographers who like it and think it's like kind of like the Argus C3. It's like a workhorse kind of camera. But Steve, if you are enjoying life with the Univex, send us some of your shots. This is not one that I have ever bonded with. Now, are you saying you can't put that camera in the dishwasher? I mean, you probably could. Okay, because I, I know that aluminum in the dishwasher is just a bad idea. So, Oh, okay. I'm yeah. just recommending against it. Uh, but thank you again for writing, Steve. Our next email comes from the mighty Rolf Tessum. He says a few random thoughts from the last few episodes. First of all, he says, with regard to tripod restrictions. Remember we talked about... Yeah getting hassled by authorities if you are shooting with a tripod because they think you're a pro. He says, these fall into several categories. The first is in communities that have had streets disrupted by film crews shooting without permits. Their solution is just to ban tripods without a permit, even if it is a completely non-disruptive still shoot. In New York City, small fashion shoots are routinely done without permits, guerrilla style. I guess this might be harder to do in LA. Flyover states, by and large, just don't care. The exception is now national parks where film crews spoiled it for everyone right and now you need a permit in almost all cases second he says there are places that are just hostile to photography for example the new york city subway third and this was interesting i didn't know about this there are buildings that have tried to copyright their exterior did you know about this 
I had no idea. I mean, I know in LA, like the Beverly Hills sign. Oh, is you that had, a copyrighted you know, we object? Had, we had to pay for it. We had to pay for it every <gasps> time we showed it in our opening. Well, yeah. he mentions the Flatiron Building in New York. Oh, that's interesting. Its I visual image is copyrighted. He says the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland tried this, suing a photographer who made an image of the building from an accessible location. It went to the Supreme Court, and the photographer won. You can now shoot anything from a public place and make commercial use of the image. Isn't that interesting? I knew nothing He says also that. there are special rules on Capitol Hill and surrounding areas. But isn't that interesting? I did not That's know that so business cool. about a building being copyrightable. He also shared some of his results. Remember, as you may recall, he was rolling this Eastman 5294, which is an ectochrome cousin, into his own first 100-foot rolls and then bulk loading. And he sent a sample shot, which is pretty. He says it shoots just like Ektachrome 100. Finally, he says, he picked up a 1960s vintage Horseman 970 press camera. Holy cow. That's out of my league. Well, you have press cameras, though. Yeah, but that's fancy pants. It is very fancy pants. Yeah. He says horsemen kept making press cameras after everyone else had left the scene, and as a result, they are more highly refined than the various Graflex models. He says that is a superb rangefinder that works like a Leica. Wow. He says it was only 300 bucks with a lens and two backs. Well, it looks gorgeous. I will tell you something. This is an area of camera I am never going to get into. <laughs> you will. You, <laughs> never, you have no idea. Maybe you I will. I don't see it happening. But thank you for writing, Rolf. And finally... Brian McDonald writes to us from Ireland, he says. <laughs> I'm always grateful when these gentlemen write in. Subject line, the most beautiful camera in the world. Would you like to take a guess what camera he proclaimed to be possibly the most beautiful camera in the world? One of the old wood 8x10s. Oh, that's a good See, guess. I like those. All right, here's what he said. Is the Olympus Pen F the most beautiful camera in the world. On a technical level, there is so much for me not to like. Half a cookie, a portrait format viewfinder, and no light meter, but just look at it. I would compromise all kinds of standards and morals just to hold it. I forget, Gabe. Have you ever shot with a Pen F? Yes, I have. Once, a long time ago. It was my dad's. And? I liked it. I wasn't as excited as you get. (laughs) I think I was more excited by the fellow that had the license plate that said Pen F. That yeah. was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will tell you, Brian, I think the Pen F is a very gorgeous camera, but I am going to lightly contradict you. I like the FT better. I know a lot of people like that big gothic F on the front of the right, Pen F. Right. But I think it's cleaner without it. One man's opinion. Anyway, but it is a gorgeous camera with beautiful, clean lines. So gorgeous, in fact, he said, stepping away, that they emulated it for the Pen F Digital, which I love. As you might notice, my Pen F Digital has the 38 millimeter pen lens on it, the macro, because all I use this camera for is digitizing. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And that closes are manageable mailbag i love that as always gang we appreciate your emails we appreciate this conversation please continue writing to us our email address i dream of cameras at gmail.com a few housekeeping notes hmm. are you ready yes one is we mentioned a while ago these plastic grips for our Pentax 6x7s, and I could not remember who gave them to we us. Could not. It was John Michael Mendiza. I gave everyone else in the photographic universe credit except John Michael. <laughs> and I just want to say, John Michael, thank you. You're a good guy. Sorry for the misattribution. Now, Gabe, have you had any photographic adventures in the past two weeks that you would like to share with the class? I did have one mishap, which I'd like to share with the class. Oh, boy. We love a good mishap. And my mishap was that my Leica M6, the original, the one from 1984, yes. the meter went down. No. Oh, it went what? down. Yes. I tried, oh, I didn't hear about I this. I tried what changing happened? batteries. I tried all the <gasps> tricks on the internet. And then I called our camera doctor, and he said, please bring it down. 
Oh, There's some dear. switches that are probably dirty inside, and hopefully he will be able to fix it. But it was a sad day. But this is your favorite camera? It's pretty much my favorite camera. And I was going to use it for that uh, Film is Not Dead Leica, you know, event. Yes. And they used the TTL, and that worked out great. In fact, this Thursday, they're having a little gathering for the photographers that took part in that. So I'm going to go oh, to the neat. Leica gallery and see their expensive bags and then walk out. No, I'm going to go yes. to the Leica gallery. And uh, I thought it was very nice of them and generous for them to, A, give us film and B, have a little cocktail party. It's very cool. That sounds great. Yeah. Are you going to get your print or film? I don't or know. Whatever? I don't know how it works. Oh, how I'm exciting. excited right. if they have prints. I'm excited That'd be to hear so about Oh, it's a heartbreaker when your number one camera yeah. is on the fritz. That but went down. A trusty your... super repair guy, I'm sure, will take good yes. care of it. I'm very excited I mean, about that. It is a mechanical camera. It will be fixable. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yep. That's the good thing about it. Yeah. All right, and now we move on to our feature presentation. <laughs> I, I'm a little trepidatious about this, to be honest. I'm not. And I'm not quite sure I how be to more excited. <laughs> what I did was, as I believe I have mentioned... I have a spreadsheet where I keep track of my camera collection, including serial numbers and valuations that I share with my insurance company every year. And I went through it and I made a list of possible things to unload. And so should we talk about the list first or should we talk about the unloading process first? I think to start with the list, I think you want to hear. Okay. And I'm just going to call these out, and maybe you can ask me some questions about how I feel about these cameras. I don't know quite how we're going to do this, but <laughs> you know what? I, you know, I maybe will... I'll just go to tra- tradition. Tra- what did I just say? What was that word coming out of my mouth? I'm not tradition. sure. Tradition. Yes. Tradition. I think maybe we'll go back to tradition, like the uh, like you did with me. So let's see. Okay. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. And these are in alphabetical order. Yes. So follow along, guys. The Bell and Howell slash Canon dial 35 with its case. Okay, I'm just going to, instead of asking you questions, I'm just going to say out the door. <laughs> that could go. Out the door. Bell, really, that Bell and Howell. Yes, okay. I like the idea of it. You don't need it. I mean, seriously. Come on. Are you going to use that this camera? This is not a, I mean, There's... if I'm going to shoot a half-frame camera, this is not going to be the one that I reach for. <laughs> now, a camera collector might hang on to this because, as you all may recall, I had never seen a working Dial 35, right. and then I was gifted this object by our friend Michael Kaplan, who was cleaning out his collection. Now, this immediately prompts the following question. Yes. If there is a camera that you have received as a gift, are you allowed... <laughs> <laughs> to get rid of it. No. <laughs> okay, so what? there you go, man. So you're going to have to keep that one. I mean, I okay. am always weird about that. So remember I told you I got that Hasselblad as a gift? Yes. And I just can never get rid of it. I mean, it's an so old, So you're saying I cannot up, get rid of this. I, I think you have to keep that one. Yeah. I'm no help in this situation. I can't believe I'm on the other side. I'm useless. Okay, go on. All right. Next up. We don't usually talk about movie cameras on this podcast, but I do own one that I am considering unloading. Are you ready? Yes. This is a Bolex 16 millimeter camera. It's the H16 Reflex with the case and accessories and four, count them four, lenses. A 10 millimeter Kern Payard Swidar, a 17 to 70 Som Bertio Pansinar, a 25mm SOM Bertio Lightar, and the 75mm F2.8 Kern Payard Evar. Out. What? Out. What? When are you going to shoot Get that Get rid of it. When are you going to shoot it? I have had this since college. Okay, and when did you shoot with it last? College. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to go. I... It's time. Years to go. and years I've hung on to this. I shot my student film with this. You're talking to someone who hangs on to absolutely everything. Yes, so, I know. I know. So, that's why I'm asking you. So, from my point of view, you, I really don't think there's going to become a time where we go. You know what? Let's do the I Dream of Cameras movie on that yeah. camera. I mean, I know that you know film photography project. They talk about shooting, you know, Super Eight, yep. Standard Eight. <sighs> Here's what right, I say. So you Here's think the Bolex and lenses, yes. Here's what I say. If you don't get a great price for it, you're allowed to keep it. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> well, you and I will have to talk about what a great price is. I okay. mean, I noticed when we went to LA Film Camera, they had Bolexes yes, there. Yes, they did. Bolexim. Yep. Bolexote. Yes. However, whatever the Bolex. Pole- okay. <laughs> All right. Next. Yes. This is a toughie. Yeah. Canon Color Demi. That's a half frame camera. I have three of them. And those okay. of you who saw our Canon episode know that I have them in red, white, and blue. All three are rare. What? You're already shaking your head. I love those cameras. But you have to tell me something. I've never yes. shot with them. How are the pictures out of them? Very ordinary. <laughs> Very ordinary. I mean, again, they are the coolest the choice, looking cameras. They're so if cool. I'm, they are so cool. They look so sweet on the shelf. I actually have no idea what these things are worth. I probably, because I'm this guy, paid about $150 a piece for them. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted... These are very rare. Right. They were only sold in Australia. They are red, white, and blue because that's the Is colors that true? of the they Australian were only, flag. Only, really? Yeah. Yeah. And... Even if you Google Canon Color Demi, it is difficult to find information about this right. specific model. But I have them in red, white, and blue. The blue and the white both have the matching case. Wow. What and you thoughts? So what give me think? give me the colors again. There red, white, and blue. Oh, I just found an orange one. Just saying. <laughs> You can have orange. No, 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 no. There's no orange. If there's an orange one, it's on Etsy and somebody put the leather on themselves. Forget that then. See, this is the problem is that a lot of people buy the standard Canon Demi and they tear the black leatherette off and they put on some pretty color. So people don't even know mine's original. Oh, okay. So this is exciting. Okay. So blue, I love because I love that blue. Okay. I know that blue is pretty. Yeah. But I can't. Oh, my God. You're not talking about me getting rid of two of them and keeping one. No, you can't get rid seriously, of them. No. No. Okay. So we've we've really made progress on this segment. I'm very happy we decided to do it. <laughs> okay. So what are you saying? I'm You're saying, saying I cannot get rid of them. You can't get rid of them. I love them. Oh, geez. And wait, wait. Please, please post them. Please post the three okay. of them after the show. Yes, I, I will. I, okay, I will on. post a picture of them because yep. they are super sweet. Okay, yep. next. Yes. Canon. This is a camera you said you were intrigued by. And this is going to start a trend, which is going to shock you. The Canon 110 ED20. That, as you recall, is the standard form factor 110 camera. Yep. It has a rangefinder, and it is aperture priority automatic. Let me tell you what I feel about that camera, okay? Yes. I That yes. camera feels solid in your hand. Yes, very okay? much And so. that's the 110 ED20? Yes. Do you know what year that came out? Would it be 1977? 1977. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and wait, while we're on that, because I think this is just funny, in yes. popular photography in May 1977, on the, on the cover is this. Technical challenge. How to squeeze 35 millimeter quality from your 110 format. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> oh, nothing. I think it'll be just the same. <laughs> I think it'll be just the same. It's just perfect. Are you saying keep this or ditch it? Because I'm, I'm. It's on the list. I get this is the problem. This is you're asking. Okay. Yes, that, I'm asking that, okay, you. You're supposed one, to be my marine icondo. I I think that one you're gonna have to keep. And the <laughs> wait. And oh. the reason is, it's like it's. Like if you had a ton of one ten cameras, they're all plasticky and junky, and you can find them. You know, in most places, yes. like, you know, Salvation Army and stuff like that. Yeah. They're usually half, you know, destroyed. But this one's so solid. And it feels like yes. the perfect example uh, for the Jeff Greenstein Museum. It, it, it does. But I will tell you, to be honest, and I don't know if it's this specific camera or this model, the shots that I've gotten out of this are not as good as what I've gotten out of a Pentax Auto 110. Get rid of it. Then I'm not excited about it. I then just, you're not excited. I'm not excited. Okay. I want it well, to I'm going to shock quality. you when we get a little further into this. Okay. okay. All right. This is going to really surprise you because mm-hmm. you were with me when I bought this camera. Mm-hmm. That Canon AE1. Oh, boy. And I'll tell you something else. And this is, uh, I mean, you were with me when I bought it. I have shot a few rolls through it. I like it. I do not love it. And this is a very highly in-demand student camera. So this is one of those where I feel I am keeping this out of the marketplace. Okay, so let me ask you the real questions. For this camera, this camera, I feel like you get all of them. Okay? Okay. What purpose does that camera fulfill? This camera has no purpose. Okay. I have many cameras that fulfill the same purpose. 
Do you have a special set home for this camera? Well, I mean, it's taking up space on the <laughs> shelf. Um, are you showing enough gratitude toward the camera? No. No, and, I'm not. And does the camera spark joy? I'm afraid it doesn't. Get rid of it. It's oh, out. Geez. It's out the door. Here's the problem. Okay, Tag you ready? There's a, Tag there's it, throw a it problem. All right. There is a problem that is attached to this, and this is really specific and tricky. One of the reasons that the AE-1 is not so useful to me is that I have my Canon EF, which I am extremely sentimental about because it was my first 35mm SLR. Right. It was given to me by my parents for my 15th birthday. The lens that came with that camera was a 50mm 1.4. It is a very, very good lens. Right. But when I bought the AE-1, I also bought a 55mm f1.2 which is a better lens. So the question is, do I get rid of the 55 1.2, which will fetch more money, or do I get rid of the 51.4, which I've had since I was 15 years old? Reaction! I always go for the sentimental part. I would oh, keep the you're one. just like me. <laughs> I would just keep the one from when you were 15. I think that's but really But a 1.2, cool. man. How many 1.2s? That's true. I mean, I could sell it without the lens. I, don't I would have do to that. Sell That's it. my vote. That's oh, my vote. Okay. Sell it without oh, lens. Okay. Put it in the box. It's going right. to go. Next up. Are we making good time? We're doing. We're, we're making fine. This good is time. good. Canon dial rapid. Right. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I got work. it for free. It yeah. doesn't work. I got it from a seller in Spain who said it worked. Do you remember oh, this saga? Right. Yes, I And then I got the, the refund from eBay because it doesn't work. Yeah. I don't know if anyone will buy this thing. I mean, nope. it's pretty on the shelf. Maybe for parts, or we'll give it to our camera doctor. I think I asked the camera doctor, and he said it's beyond repair. <laughs> he said I won't even touch it. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, mm. I mean, I don't know what to do about it. We'll talk about this when we get to the section yeah. about like how to get rid of this. Yes. All right. By the way, listeners, follow this with interest. If you are interested <laughs> in any of these cameras yes. that I am unloading, all right, sing out. Next up, this is a one may surprise you. The Kodak Bantam Special. Wow. I know. Wow. Now, here's the thing. It looks beautiful on yeah, the shelf. It, it does. It is beautiful. That enamel, oh. the, the, the Art Deco <laughs> look of this thing. Oh, but yes. it is just <laughs> taking up space. I, am, I have shot a few rolls of 828 through it, and the lens is quite average. And it is not an easy camera to shoot with. Why is that so, camera average? It's the most beautiful camera. I it's think the most beautiful. That, to camera. me, that's one of the most beautiful cameras I've ever seen. I completely agree. It is probably, I mean, to differ with our emailer, I think it is the single most beautiful camera ever made. But it, it just doesn't. Just, I mean, it doesn't get my pulse racing because I can't <laughs> shoot with it. I mean, I could. It's just a lot of effort for not very much reward. You know. I see what you're saying. What do you think? I think that can go. I think someone, I think that camera will bring someone joy. Yeah. I think that right. camera will be something someone will want to shoot with. It'll be very cool. And even if they get mediocre pictures. Okay. Next up from the Kodak department, I alluded to this a minute ago and now I know what it is. The Kodak number two folding autographic brownie. Hmm. Now this was given to me as a gift by a friend who bought it at an antique store for Probably not too much money. It's one of those very pretty folding cameras. I mean, it's right over here. Shall I grab it? Yes, please. Sure. I will grab it. Okay. Here it is. Okay. This is what it looks like. As you can see, the bellows are kind of molting. Mm -hmm. I even have, oh, look, the original price tag. It was $45. My friend paid $45 for it. I think that's a uh, that's decoration. Meaning? Meaning that should go on the shelf behind you to look wonderful or okay near your coffee table i think people but would why not get that. rid of it i, I have know. a lot of who's gonna buy no. that camera i don't know somebody <laughs> bought it for me i mean well, the shutter does work i mean listen yeah i mean it it, work. can't shutter works if i was in a mood i could run film through this then you have to sell it that's got to oh. go that you All don't right. need okay good this one is another one that's absolutely absurd yes get ready the Konica Acom one. Now, I just bought this a few months ago, yeah. but the meter doesn't work. The mm. meter doesn't work. And 
I have a similar problem, I'm gonna to get to this camera in a minute, with the Pentax Electro Spotmatic, okay? These are very nice platforms for lenses, but I just don't enjoy going out with a metered camera with a non-functioning meter. Now that's hilarious, because I have lots of cameras with no meters in them. Right. But this, this was also intended has a to have a meter. Yes, this was yes. intended to have a meter. There was a lens that came with it, a 51.7 Hexanon, which I guess I would sell alongside it, though I have other Konica. I have the Konica FT1 Pro Half, which I cannot get rid of because it is insanely rare and it's a half-frame camera. So I'm never going to get rid of that. So I could keep the lens, but again, this is a camera that has very little value. I paid 20 bucks for it. This is a camera that a student would love. Even I mean, though this, the meter doesn't work. Even though the meter doesn't work. I think it's a great camera. I think it's a great one to learn a little All photography. Right. I think that's one that can go. It really can. I mean, I love okay. the way it looks. It looks, you know, yeah. sort of industrial cool. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for some shock? Yes. Are you ready to be shocked? Yes. I don't even know what. Maybe I'll just hold up the camera <laughs> and then see what your reaction is. Are you ready? Yes. I'm going to hold it up okay. and make sure that I can see your reaction when I hold it up. No. <gasps> Oh my gosh. That is a shocker, ladies and gentlemen. It is, this first is a of all, Leica, it's beautiful. This is a Leica M3. Now, this camera, I'm getting emotional even talking about it. Yep. This camera is immaculate. It beautiful. is flawless. It's nothing it is I would a have. Single stroke <laughs> Leica M3, the leatherette with one teeny tiny exception uh, can you see this yes can you see that no big, tiny yeah. little right repair there is one little spot which no one but me could probably see unless i pointed it out right where the leatherette has been repaired but this camera is absolutely in every way factory fresh and gorgeous and yet i am considering parting with it why because I do not shoot with it. <sighs> what I was going to do is go get my M3. What we'll do is we'll hold, we'll hold up my okay. M3 at the end. Okay. It's just, it's perfect. <laughs> I, I want to point out that there's not a single dent or scratch on this thing. Look at this. Oh my gosh, you've got the thingies. I call them The thingies. little plugs, the little right. plastic plugs for the PC port and stuff. Right. Okay. It sounds... Absolutely perfect. I'm not shooting with it. And I really am struggling with this. I got, it, I got it for a very reasonable price. It looks beautiful on the shelf. I have a Nikon SP, which fills the same gap in the collection that the M3 does. I enjoy shooting with the SP a little more. Okay, wait a minute. Let's talk and, for that this for yes, a second. Okay. I, I, we need to All back right. up. This it's going to get worse, man. No, it's no, no. This worse. is serious business here. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Tell me about when you bought this. I bought this probably about eight years ago, okay. and I remember it quite vividly because I saw it on eBay, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to put in a lowball snipe for this thing. I believe there was no lens, okay? So this was body only, $888. No, you're, no, 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 no. There's no way. That's the, the snipe? That was the snipe. It was 888 I woke up the next morning, and I owned it. That's incredible. Now, that's an insanely great deal. Even eight years ago, especially that's an insanely the great condition deal. it's in. Yeah, it is like a museum piece. Yeah, and I hate to say this, but that little divot in the leatherette <laughs> which I repaired is because of me. It happened when I was moving, and I'm very upset about that. But other than that, it is absolutely flawless, and I have a feeling that this is a camera that would go for a pretty, pretty penny, penny. Yeah. Yep. What do you think? Wow, we are getting low on time. I this really. Is, <laughs> this I mean, is insane. this is a tough one. I got, well, look. I mean, look. It's it's. Uh, but do you, here's my big question. Okay, do you use it or do you miss using it or do you just don't care? I I think that I definitely don't use it. I okay. can't remember the last time I shot with it. There right. are the lenses work on my M6. So, right. you know, in terms of if we say, you know, once again, a camera is a very pretty body to which you attach glass. Well, I have lots of other Leica bodies the glass works with. By the way, yeah. I have a lot of glass I'm talking about getting rid of, too. I just don't know. I'm really 
wrestling with this. It is. This such is one of the ones I'm camera. wrestling with. Yeah. But it is. It. I mean, it. You see, it is yeah. absolute perfection. Yeah. And anyway. Yeah. What do we say? Well, if you had to give the verdict right now, based on what I have told you, I would, would say, you say sell it. I would say sell it. Yeah. Okay. Well, there are four lenses I'm talking about unloading at the same time. Oh, my goodness. The 40-millimeter 1.4 Voigtlander Nocton Classic, because I already have a 40-millimeter F2. Right. The 50-millimeter F1.17 Artisans, which I have shot with a few times and like, but I'm not shooting with it very often. The 50-millimeter F2 dual-range Sumicron with the goggles and the cases for the goggles. Again... I don't shoot the 50 very often. And, of course, as we've talked about, the 90mm F2 APO Sumicron that is also immaculate. Think of the money that I would raise just selling those things. I know. It would more than pay for the X-Pan, probably. That's don't you true. Think? That's true. I don't know, man. Okay. Interesting. Wow, we are, uh, we've gotten we can halfway this. through we can, the we list. Can, we, can, uh, we can make this a two-parter, as they say in the show okay. business. Which All I right, like. I'm going to go through a couple more, okay. and then we'll close out this, and maybe we'll continue this in our next totally. episode where I people have that. time to react in shock exactly. to what we have talked about so far. You know I have a lot of Minoxes. Yes, you do. <laughs> now, I have divested myself of a couple of them. I got rid of my Minox A. Mm-hmm. I realized. Yes. I have the Riga Minox, which is the original stainless steel one. I love that camera, and I do shoot with it, so I'm never getting rid of that. The C is the original Minox. It belonged to my dad. A lot of the photos of us that he took you know, when we were growing up was taken. I'm never getting rid of that. And then the LX is the Minox that I shoot with the most, and I love shooting with it. But this leaves a gap in the middle. I have a Minox B and a Minox BL, which is quite rare. And... I shot with the BL recently, and it just made me want to shoot with the LX. And do you know why? It's very Mm. simple. The BL is a metric camera. And every time I shoot with it, I have to do that mental conversion of when it says one meter, I have to go, oh, right, that's three feet. Right. And so it slows me down. And, of course, it's a camera with an onboard meter but not a coupled meter. So I'm thinking I could get rid of the Minox B and BL and not miss them. What do you think? Yes. I agree with you. Do it? Yep. The B was a gift. Can I get rid of it? You can get rid of it. Put those aside. All right. I think I will round out this phase of the discussion with another shocker. Oh, Oh boy. boy. I can't even believe I'm saying this. This, I might take this back the moment I say it. Nikon F. (gasps) Blasphemy. (laughs) I have an F with the Photomic T-Finder, the Prism Finder, and the Action Finder. Okay, so three different finders. I have the 50mm 1.4 lens, the 55mm 3.5 micro Nikkor, and I have the Speed Magni, the Polaroid back for the Nikon F, which I have actually never used. Thoughts? Okay, so let's go, let's let's review. You have a Nikon FM3A. Yes. What other Nikon body? A Nikon FE. Right. But the FM3A rules them all. The FM3A is my favorite Nikon. The thing is, though, it won't mount a couple of my lenses. Like, I can't right. put my 105 2.5 on the Nikon. When I shoot the your 105, version, your version, right? My a certain version. version I, right. Yes, I don't have the AIS or whatever right. it is. So when I shoot that, I have to put the Alpa to Nikon adapter on it and shoot it on the Alpa. Oh, that's interesting. Which is why I feel I can get rid of these lenses at the same time as I get rid of the Nikon. First of all, I think F. that is a great move. It's going to be a great package for someone. I think wow. they'll, they'll really enjoy it, especially if they don't have any Nikon. I think that's a huge deal. I think it's a great idea. I really do. I think that's You're okay. for this. Yeah, I'm wow. ready for that. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I mean... Again, you it have is others. not a camera I'm shooting. No, and you have and others. And it's like, you know, I think you know this. Like, I have never really until comparatively recently been an SLR guy at all. Right. Like, I started out shooting rangefinders. When I got that Canon EF, it got me really excited about SLRs. But I always reverted to shooting rangefinders. And really, the two cameras that turned me around right. were the Alba 11SI and the Roloflex SL350. 
which if I'm picking up an SLR, I am going to reach for one of those. Yeah. So is it okay to get rid of... You're saying it's okay. I'm saying it's okay. I feel fine about that. Okay. All right. I'm going to do one other Nikon-related thing before we close it out, and then Let's we'll do hear. the back half of my list in a subsequent episode. I love now, it. This is a tough one because I am talking to the gentleman who gave me this camera. Oh. Hmm. Nikonos 3. Now, you gave me that camera as a hostess gift. Totally. I have the Nikonos 5, which I hate to tell you has stolen my heart. Then you have to get rid of the other one. Seriously. But you're are you going to care? Nope. And am I going to am I going to pierce have, my heart? Nope, it's not I'm absolutely fine if you don't Am I putting you on the spot? No, not at all. Not at all. If you don't care about my feelings, you it's don't totally care. fine. Ah! It's totally fine. <laughs> no, I'm dead. It's right there by the way. You see it? <laughs> yeah. It's right there. Do you see I'm pointing nice. to it? It's right I there. am dead yeah. serious that I am. I think I'm pointing to it. I am happy. No, no, that's not it. I am. It's, wait, if I move a little bit. There, there it is, is. There it is. See it? It's right no, there. No, I have no right emotional attachment to that camera. I am totally happy if you get rid of it and it, it'll make room for something else for you. There you go. I think you should do wow. it. Wow. All right. Well, that gets us from A through N. Right. And O through Z, I guess we will cover in a subsequent episode. My goodness. Right. You know what we also haven't talked about, which we will cover in a subsequent episode, is how in the world to get rid yes. of this stuff. Yes. <laughs> so stay tuned, yes. gang. And I will put it out there to the teeming masses before I change my mind. Right. If you have heard a camera or lens on this list that intrigues you, reach out to us via idreamofcameras at gmail.com or our respective Instagrams, which I will announce in a moment. Exactly. Because I am taking offers. I cannot believe I just did that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm proud I of you. I also did it with someone who's just as much of a sentimental guy as I exactly. am. Exactly. Like, I didn't say I'm getting rid of okay. anything at all, but I'm just saying that I, you know. All right. Well, in our next episode, we will handle the back half of this list, and we will review what Gabe has convinced me to unload. Perfect. I love it. Chime in, guys. We want to hear from I you. I love it. My God. So much fun. All right. Any uh, any other final thoughts before we round out this My episode? My final thoughts are in six days, Jeff Greenstein is going to be a year older. Your birthday <gasps> is coming up. That is it's true. It's very exciting. Shortly after the release of this episode. Yes. Guys. It's please, please send birthday wishes. Not that you won't see on our feed that it will be his birthday. But Thank if anyone you. forgets, I'm just saying it's, it's going to be a very Thank exciting time. That. You are very kind. Yes, my birthday is November 21st, and I love birthdays. He loves there birthdays. is no holiday or birthday that I do not love, by the way. <laughs> I love all holidays. I incorporate all holidays. But to me, a birthday is your own personal holiday, and that is why I love it the best. All right. As always, you can find us on our Instagram, I Dream of Cameras. Gabe Sachs is Gabe Sachs on Instagram. I am S. Jeff Greenstein on Instagram because Jeff Greenstein is a tax fraud felon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Who do we have to thank at the end of this we episode? We have to thank someone who's a little under the weather right now, but he's coming out of it. That's Fred Corey. Uh, yes, Fred Corey is uh, our musical director, our musical genius who has given us a great sound and sound bites and more things we were going to add to the show. And Keith Greenstein for this amazing look that we have. We have a logo. We're able to hand something to someone and, yes. and go, look, come listen to our podcast. So my entire sibling contingent is going to be in town next week. You're All kidding. Of them. That... The whole gang, you're going to have to come by. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to come by and meet We have to take a picture and post sib- it. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely true. Yeah. So Keith will be here with his kid and both of my other siblings are going to be here as well. It's so exciting. Deal. Yes. I love it. So yes, thank you to all them. Uh, gosh, who else do we have to thank? Is there anybody else? That- oh, let's thank our listeners, okay? Thanksgiving is coming up, and we are very thankful yes, we are. for the devotion that you have shown us over these past two years. Do you know it's That's almost crazy. the two-year anniversary no way. of this podcast? That's impossible. We're coming up on our two-year anniversary. So Thank you for caring. Huh? What a- we appreciate it. Yes, thank you for caring. And uh, I have to always thank Chris Chu. For his yes. advice and Rafael Hernandez for his advice because they get me through those times of where I'm going, I don't know what to do, guys. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. One final thing, though. Gabe, stand up and show off that shirt. I just want to get a shot of that shirt before. Like, can you just show this off that from, shirt before we leave? This was from. From the Paris Leica <laughs> shop. Fantastic. It sort of looks similar to one of our shirts. I, I know. It looks weird. a little bit like our shirts. I, I, they I, got I don't know that. why that's an odd coincidence. Yeah. 
Gabe, walk us out of here. People, first of all, I also want to thank Leica for giving us a free roll of film. I mean, I think that was very exciting. It was able to go out and shoot the assignment, and we are going to think of an assignment for you guys. I think it's a, a great idea, and I think we will give an assignment, and then you will post pictures, tag us in the pictures. It'll be great. So we'll think about that. Other than that, have a great time until next episode. And happy birthday, Jeff Greenstein.